What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cast from the Crypt, the number one comedy podcast about Tales from the Crypt and other hilarious and horrifying things. And I say that it's the number one comedy podcast because I'm pretty sure that the other ones are just about Tales from the Crypt, but I don't know if they're comedy podcasts. But this is why you should probably do some market research before you put out a podcast. But hey, don't tell me that. I'm the goddamn host of this show, CJ Roby. And every week I'm watching an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Now that I'm a big horror fan and no longer afraid of puppet zombies. But I don't really have to worry about that with this episode because it is not horrifying. <laughs> this is a straight-up comedy episode. Uh, yeah, this is one of the ones where the whole episode is just, oh, hey, sit back and watch some terrible shit happen to this massive douchebag. <laughs> Which is, is hey, it's one of my favorite genres of anything. <laughs> so uh, the episode comes from, it's another shock suspense story. Uh, if you've been paying attention to the comic versus show, you will know that Tales from the Crypt, the comics had, there are various uh, issues. There is Vault of Horror, uh uh, the Old Witch Chronicles, I don't, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> um, but Shock Suspense what, Stories was one of the, was one of the publications. And so anytime we have just a straight up crime story or just a straight up like weird mystery or intrigue or some shit like that story, more than likely it's getting lifted from shock suspense stories. And uh, we've now that we've had two of them in a row, I'm wondering, can we go for the big three? Do, will we have... I actually don't think that so far that we've had three episodes in a row from the same source, but uh, hey, who knows? We got we got another one. We're, we're almost there. We're... Two out of three so far for shock suspense stories, so maybe that'll be our first one. Today's episode is about uh, is about the dangers of rock and roll living. It really just you know when you're when you're in that life, when you're in the life of uh, a promoter or a venue owner or something like that, and you get to brush shoulders with the stars all the time, sometimes it can get a little taxing and you just want to get away from it all. Well, that's what this guy tried to do in this episode and it didn't really work out for him because when you're rubbing shoulders with all the rock and roll types, sometimes you're a bit of a dickhead yourself to compensate for the level of douchebaggery that comes out of rock and roll egos. And it all just it all just blends together into the perfect storm of douchebaggery that uh, ends up getting a couple of people killed. So, hey, you know what? Like I said, we just got to sit back here, relax, and just laugh at the woes of people who are essentially millionaires. <laughs> well, I mean, who, who knows? I don't know. You know what? I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil the episode. I just want to get into it. Because this episode has a lot going for it. 
and you will you will find out just how much this episode's got going for it when we hit those top five credits. So here's the thing about the top five this week. Uh, there is no top five. There's no top five. Everybody is fucking gold in this episode. I was I was just talking about it a couple a couple of episodes ago where it's just like, oh, I like I wonder when we're gonna be getting back to just the the sort of shit where they're just cramming in all of the talent into one episode. And hey, here it is, we got it. Uh, <laughs> um let me let me just Man, yeah, there's there's no I can't choose between these people. I can only give you a list of the kind of shit that is about that you're about to witness in this show. So, here it goes. Here it goes. We we got so much you guys. I mean, even in like the little side bit characters, you've got people like um Paul Rudd's friend in Halloween uh, which he was in, Paul Rudd was in Halloween four and, uh, like he, he has a buddy, like at the very beginning of the movie, the dude doesn't even die. He doesn't even get killed by Michael. He just shows up. He's just Paul Rudd's buddy, but he's in this. We got a, we already have a Halloween credit right off the top. Uh, the even dude, one of the guards is in Spawn. Like, are you fucking kidding me? This dude, I, I forget exactly who he is in Spawn. He's probably uh, just a bit character. He's also a bit character in Mystery Men, which is one of, uh, it's okay. It's not one of my favorite movies, but it definitely makes me laugh super hard every single time I see it. <laughs> like, it's so dumb. It's one of, it's a classic comedy. And I mean, speaking of comedies, one of the cop is one of the jive guys from Airplane in like one of the funniest scenes of that movie. The two dudes speaking jive. It's uh, come on, Sam Kinison is in this episode, and he was one of the biggest, just raunchiest names in comedy in the '90s. He was a he was a stand-up that so many people. We're like hanging out with and stuff, and uh, I mean, I was listening to a little bit of his of his stuff like before recording the episode, like leading up to this episode, and uh, I mean, I can only listen to like a little bit of it at a time, which for for reasons you will understand <laughs> during the course of this episode. But still, like they landed Sam Kennison. It's crazy how many people. I mean, the movie was directed and written by the guys behind Roger Rabbit, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. This episode has everything. Fucking Iggy Pop is, is like one of the main, I mean, not the main character, but he's the main background character because he's just... He's just singing his brains out and throwing out F-bombs just all day. All day. That's all he does in this show is just kind of wobble around on stage and throw the most fucks I've ever heard in one sentence. I mean, even his backline has, like actual like musician it, it has people it's got the guitarist from blondie and like a couple of guys who have played with like bowie and shit 
But I guess I do have a top credit. I mean, uh, if someone's going to be at the top of the list, at my list anyway, it's definitely going to be Katie Seagal because she's in this episode. And come on, you know Katie Seagal. Peg Bundy from Married with Children. Leela on Futurama. And uh, somebody in Sons of Anarchy. I never watched that show. But in this she plays 90s sex symbol Miss Kielbasa. <laughs> I just can't get over that name. <laughs> and uh, also, the I mean, the main guy is somebody that you've probably seen a lot. He's been in a lot of stuff. I can't come up with the list off the top of my head right now. I didn't put him on the actual list because there was just too much to do. Ugh. So let's stage dive right into this pit. Season 2, episode 8, for crying out loud. This comes out May 22nd, 1990, and is about a rock promoter with no conscience who has a change of heart. That's, that's what it's about. It's really about just changing your perception and just trying to be a better person that's what the episode's really about we begin the episode by learning a little something about the crypt keeper he's uh he's actually a failed musician he uh he says he always wanted to play guitar but he couldn't get the fingering right and then he throws he's using an actual finger as a pick and then he throws it over to some rats and calls them his groupies <laughs> it was i like that joke but, um, yeah, Crypt Keeper seems like uh, uh, the failed musician type, you know? Who would even want to be in a band with the Crypt Keeper? I mean, come on. Honestly, unless it's, like, some, like, Swedish, like, black metal band who's just like, Oh, he is already dead. It is the most metal you could be. Please, please come join us and play guitar for us. Then, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the joke accent has, has infected me no <laughs> but uh metallica's not gonna be letting this dude into their ranks you know they're not about to pick up the goddamn crypt keeper as a guest guitarist at any point uh and especially if not if he's over here uh wearing a stupid-ass Marty Slash t-shirt and the dumb hair metal wig. Like, god damn it. He's, this, he's just... He's, he's much closer to a groupie than to any sort of musician. But, uh... He does, he does throw out some, uh, some pretty good puns. You know, you know how he does. He talks about our main character, Marty Slash, whose shirt he's wearing. And we open on Marty's last days. Well, I was going to say as a promoter, but it's really his last day on Earth. Because it starts with an electric chair. It is just, it's the, it's the first thing that you see. You already know what's going down. The priest and two guards are slowly walking a pleading man up to his final fate. And you just hear him behind them just like, oh, please, please. And uh, I definitely thought this is going to be like the opening of Man Who Was Death Part 2. <laughs> so 
the the priest is reading a couple of words and then the guy gets impatient he's just like please god and he busts through behind there he's like please let me die oh god please do it <laughs> <laughs> so he busts into the room and there's like clown music playing while he's strapping his damn self into the chair <laughs> he's like do it kill me please and uh all the while he's just kind of yelling to nobody like oh you think you're funny huh like you gotta you got a fucking joke for everything do you <laughs> and he's just like, he's just talking to himself, and uh, one of the guards is like, you ever seen, <laughs> I really love the guard's line read <laughs> for this dude, you ever seen somebody so ready to die? <laughs> Acting in the 90s was so easy, and the guards are just like, who the fuck are you talking to, man? But he's just like, fucking pull the switch, do it, kill me! <laughs> And so yeah, they do. They're <laughs> they're they're not gonna they're not gonna not kill him just because he's asking for it. Uh, but I thought that I thought he was gonna be like possessed by something because he was just like oh oh yeah like how do you like how do you like your brain scrambled ah and I was just like is this is he like a ghost who like possessed some dude and then like you know pushed his personality down and then ended up going to jail and taking over so now he's just like ah, yeah i'll kill us both i'm a demon i don't give a fuck i'm just going back to where i came from uh but it's it's uh less complicated than that <laughs> i mean i guess i guess uh depending on how you see it so yeah he they flipped the switch and they shock the shit out of him, and then it, like, zooms in to his ear, and then everything goes dark, zooms back out, and it's two years earlier, he's in a doctor's office, and you hear kind of like a muffled, like, <laughs> uh, and it's just him getting his ears checked by a doctor, he's like, did, did you hear that? I, I, I don't know what I'm hearing, but you have to have heard that one, doctor. And the doctor's just like, um, well, fucking, I don't know. I don't see anything. Uh, how long ago did this start? He tells him that it's been going on for a couple weeks and it's just getting louder. And, uh, but the doctor just kind of brushes him off. He's like, ah, it's fine. Like, you know, your ears are wrecked for, from being in the rock and roll business for too long. You know, you, you're a club promoter and stuff. You're just destroying your ears. So... Here, take these. He gives him some earplugs and, like, some cotton swabs and some medication and stuff. And uh, he's like, yeah, like, these will help. But my only real advice is to just drop out of the rock and roll business. And uh, Marty, the, the guy's name is Marty Slash, not the doctor, the main character. His name is Marty Slash. And uh, Marty's just like, Ugh, what, get out tonight? I don't fucking think so. And... It's because tonight is the Save the Amazon concert. It is, it's Marty Slash's Save the Amazon concert, headlined by Iggy Pop and Leather Weasel. And uh, the the club is fucking jumping. You know, the, the place is packed. 
Iggy Pop is on stage. He's just over here, just looking like the machinist, looking like Christian Bale on the stage, just screaming. And uh, Marty's just kind of hanging out on the side of the stage, just watching. And <laughs> he's like standing next to some Indian chief guy. Like <laughs> he's he's standing next to a man made out of totem poles. That's that's what I could gather from this he was just like standing there just looking just staring at him <laughs> but uh so yeah he's like some you know 90s indian chief kind of character he's even got like a spear i don't i didn't know what was going on but uh the song finishes and uh iggy introduces marty he brings him out onto the stage and he brings him out with like the most fucks in a row that I've ever seen on TV, even on HBO. Like I don't even I don't know if Game of Thrones like beat this. Where he's just like, oh, it's so fucking good to see every. Oh, I don't know. I don't think Iggy Pop is British. I don't know. <laughs> I think I just want to do accents all day. Uh, but uh, no, he's so he brings out Marty. And he's just like, ah, we got one guy to thank and. This is fucking Marty's idea, and we gotta fucking get fucking Marty up on stage so he can fucking tell you about the fucking rainforest. And he was like, God damn, Iggy. Like, I get it, but, like, you're making so much work for the censors at Fox. <laughs> the thing about Tales from the Crypt is that they, uh, that they kind of made two separate episodes of each episode just like one for hbo and then the other because they knew that they were gonna be shipping it off to other places and they couldn't have just a bunch of titties and fucks in their in their show the whole time so they were they were planning on it so i guess that's probably why they felt like they had the freedom they're just like we're already fucking we're already gonna make a clean version all right we don't need to even think about <laughs> to even think about toning this shit down. Like, honestly, this episode makes me kind of want to watch the uh, the network version of this show and, and just compare it because, like, I'm pretty sure that just, like, the song would be done and then Marty would just teleport onto the stage. They wouldn't even... They wouldn't even give Iggy the chance to, <laughs> to introduce him. They're just like, nah, we just gotta... We just gotta get him out here on the edit. Uh, so, Marty comes out, uh, he thanks everybody for being there, and he pulls out a million dollar check for the, uh, chief of the Amazon peoples, who, or, who was, who that fucking totem pole looking man was, he's just standing there on stage, just silently holding his spear, and he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna make sure that all this million dollars gets to you and your tribe. And I'm over here thinking, all right, if you're raising money for this dude, why were you just standing next to him, just like staring at him before he came out? Like, there's, you guys weren't talking. You weren't like, oh, hey, like, this went great. Like, good job, you know? It was just, you were just weirdly staring at each other. So I was just like, ah, oh, this is, this is probably some bullshit. And lo and behold, they get off stage and, and the, the Amazon guy just like, oh, did I do good boss? <laughs> so he just fucking sends him away and, uh, goes upstairs to his office in the club to go look at all the money that he just earned and that he's about to 
takeoff with. He is not giving that money to no one. <laughs> uh, so he's just he's just up there. He opens a safe and he like smells his money. He's like, ooh, a million dollars. Mm, these suckers have no idea. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously a slime ball. I mean, just like look at the dude. Look at the dude and listen to him talk obvious piece of shit marty slash over here then he hears he hears a here's somebody tell him not to touch the money he's like what the fuck who's that and uh the the fucking the voice of sam kinnison comes in and is just like hey you don't want to do that man come on and he's like what is this and uh and sam kinnison tells him that he is his conscience Oh, shit, he finally grew one, because Marty's just like, I don't have a conscience. <laughs> and Sam Kennison's like, yeah, I know, man. I've been trying to get at you for 38 years, bro. <laughs> and he, he makes a he makes a comment about, like, <laughs> he's just like, you let you let the kid glue a dog's eyes shut one time, <laughs> and, he's, and he's evil for life. <laughs> I was just like, geez, yeah, I mean, yes, that's, <laughs> that's exactly the sort of thing that a conscience is not supposed to let people do. I mean, yeah, you, the, the evil just becomes too strong after you're over here gluing dog's eyes shut. You're like, yeah, there's, there's no coming back from it. But Marty tries to brush it off. He's just like, oh, this it can't be real. I'm obviously just kind of breaking down slightly because I just got all this money that I'm about to get. But uh, uh, he's <laughs> the his conscience just won't stop. Sam Kinison is just over here yelling in his mind. He's just like, you're gonna. You're gonna, like, get butt-fucked in prison forever if you get caught, and I'm in your mind, so I know with the amount of brains you have, you're definitely getting caught. Kinnison is just killing this fool the whole episode. This entire episode is just Sam Kinnison just screaming and bringing this dude straight down. It's pretty hilarious. So, uh, Marty's, Marty's just like, ugh. What do I, what what do I owe any of these people for? Like I, I'm always just being like talked down to by these fucking guitarists and bands and shit. Oh Marty, do this, Marty, do that. I'm tired of it. Now I got all my money and I'm out of here. But you know, the thing about being an obvious slime ball is that everyone fucking knows it. So there's already a cop who has just shown up to the club to uh to look for marty so he's already stolen all this money he's already planning to make his getaway and there's already a cop at his fucking place but this episode you will you will see soon that this episode is more about uh more about marty getting into getting into and out of sticky situations <laughs> at the you know just to spite his conscience so don't worry, don't worry about Marty. <laughs> we already know where he ends up, so I mean, you'll you'll see you'll see how it happens. But most of this episode is just like close shaves, Marty getting away from it, and then Sam Kinnison just being like, "Marty, you fucking idiot!" <laughs> so Marty's about to make his getaway with the cash, but then all of a sudden, somebody knocks on the door. Oh shit! He's he was almost out, and now. 
uh, he's scrambling. He puts all of his money into like a, a case and he like sets it aside and shit. And, uh, and his conscience is like, it's the cops. <laughs> uh, and, uh, He's like, shut the hell up, man. You're, you've already said that. And uh, and Sam's like, yeah, my warning was a little premature, but uh, you know all about that, don't you? <laughs> Hit the comedy drum track! So <laughs> he goes to the door, and it's not the cops. It's actually big-tittied goth babe Kathy Seagal. And she comes in, and she's just like, ooh, hey, you're Marty Slash, right? You saved the rainforest, huh? Hell, allow me to allow me to help you. You've got so much stress on your back. Yeah, I just wanted to come up here and help lighten your load. <laughs> and uh, fucking Sam Kennison is just like, nah, this bitch is trouble. Yeah, but you know, Marty's not gonna listen. Uh, he's he's all about it. So they go sit down on Marty's couch and Marty's just like, ah, let's just skip the foreplay and get right to it. <laughs> and, and, and ladies, look, hey, I'm sorry you gotta deal with guys like this out here. <laughs> like, they don't represent me, but I know that there's sure as shit a lot of them out there that you're gonna have to fucking dig through. <laughs> uh, so, He's he's just like ah skip the foreplay get straight to it and she pulls out she pulls out a thimble for her finger and he's like uh wait a minute I I hope that's not for me and she's just like ah don't worry it's for me and he's like oh mm, cool <laughs> and I was like I was like um I I really don't I don't like where this is going <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going on here like. I don't, I don't know if that's about to be going up Marty's butthole or something, but he seems to be fine with it. Uh, uh, I didn't I didn't know that there were just, like, finger condoms, but, you know, he's he's all about it. He's, apparently he's ready. As long as it's not going on his dick and he doesn't have to feel bad about himself, she can do whatever to Marty Slash. <laughs> but, uh, before they get down to business... They got some business to take care of. And he's just like, ah, oh, fuck, you're a hooker. And she's like, no, not a hooker. I'm actually your banker. <laughs> your fucking banker for some reason. I was like, what the fuck? His banker? You went undercover? To, you, to, does he have a personal banker that he's... What's happening right here? Is she an accomplice? Yeah, she, like, takes off this big fucking Elvira wig and she throws on some glasses to make herself look more professional and bankerish, I guess. And, like, I don't know if they were trying to be like, ah, oh, well, she's gotta, she's gotta take off the, the wig and put the glasses on so that they know that she's, like, not, you know, she's all nerdy and she's not one of these hot punk chicks. But, I mean, she's... She's still super... You just made her hotter! <laughs> and he recognizes her. He's like... He, he, her name is Miss Kielbasa. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But I... Like, it's, it's understandable. She's definitely very spicy in that outfit. So, uh... She, she's like, oh yeah... So, uh, what happened to that million dollars that you, <laughs> that you withdrew all at once at the bank, like, yesterday? And I was like, 
What kind of moron? <laughs> You're trying to steal a million dollars from your own thing, and you're just like, well, no one will suspect me if I just take out all the money in cash. Like, how fucking stupid do you have to be? Like, I, uh, god damn it. I hope he wasn't trying to trade in that spike choker for a white collar, because this guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> So, uh, she's, yeah, she's blackmailing him, and, uh, he's, uh, he's got tickets to Portugal in his jacket pocket, and she grabs that, and she's like, oh, you're going to Portugal, huh? I hear the Escudo is pretty strong these days, which is how you know, <laughs> it's just how you know this is solidly in the 90s, <laughs> because the Escudo is not money anymore, <laughs> Portugal's on the Euro, <laughs> I had to look that shit up, because I was like, I've never heard of the Escudo before, it's like, oh, that's because it used to be like Spanish galleons <laughs> before actual money took over, <laughs> um, um, so, oh wait, galleons? No. <laughs> galleons are the boats. I'm thinking of Harry Potter. <laughs> Fucking doubloons are what I'm thinking of. <laughs> so, uh, she's, she's gonna blackmail him, and she wants half of the million dollars. <laughs> and she's like, where's the money? And he looks directly at the briefcase with, like, a cartoon, like, noise. <laughs> There's... And that's, that's like half of this episode. Half of this episode is fucking clown music, and then the other half is just like Acme sound effects. <laughs> He's like, fuck that. This was my plan. Like, I got it all together. I have the money and everything. She's like, oh, yeah? Well, I mean, I could have blown the whistle on you when I saw that you were taking out all that money, but I didn't. So, hey, you owe me. And uh, his conscience is just like, ah, well, look what you got yourself into, you dumbass. But he's he's just like, okay, all right, you know what? You can have half of the money. And his conscience is like, no, just tell her to fuck off. He's like, nah, you can have your half. So she's counting the money. She's counting her half of the money. And he goes up behind her. He's like slinking behind. She's like, ah, you know what? Uh, 500,000 is more than I would have got anyway. And he like closes the blinds to his office and he makes his way over to this guitar. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's really good that you're not gonna, that you're not gonna tell anyone on me. Uh, hey, so, uh, do you know who I got this guitar from? It's really cool, right? And she looks at it and she's like, I don't know. Who did you get it from? And he smashes her over the head with it. And he, he's like, oh, I got it from Pete Townsend. Which I guess is a, uh, was a, I guess it's a rock joke. Is Look, look, so many people do the whole guitar smash thing. And I, pff, I don't fucking know. Did Townsend invent it or some shit? Like, uh, who knows? So he smashes her. And, uh, there's, it's a, it's a very nice cut between, like, Iggy on stage, like, doing, doing a whole thing, and then, like, the silhouette of the office as he's, like, bringing the guitar up and down, and then just, like, kind of cuts into seeing him, like, actually, like, swinging down. It's a, it's a very nice, uh, nicely edited sequence right there. Uh, so, after that, he shoves her into a drum case, which... I'm pretty sure that they had, like, an actual, uh, like, contortionist person 
who got put into that drum case because like I'm like that was that was very convincing. There was no way that that was like a puppet or something. And like I I didn't know. I was just like, did they like cut the bottom out of the floor or something on that drum case? Because he actually got that person into that fucking drum case. Like like this is Ocean's Eleven or some shit. So uh, he packs her up and. There's just, there's blood and money all over the place. There's a cop still gonna show up. He's actually walking up the stairs, like, as this is happening. And um, Sam Kinison, in uh, in Marty's head, starts to just fucking go crazy. He's like, you never listen to me, man. Like, I've been, all I've been trying to do is, is lead you the right way, but you know what? Maybe I'm just gonna have to be a bit louder! And then he fucking starts just screaming in this fool's head. And, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the scream that everybody was waiting Sam Kennison to do. <laughs> like, when they saw his name on this episode, it's his whole thing. Um, but he's actually, Marty's actually starting to feel like, physical pain from this like as as kinnison screams like marty's just like fuck my brains and um the cop got one of the one of the roadie guys to show him where marty's office is so they start knocking on the door and uh they they he's still just like doubled over and screaming and stuff and uh they they open the door and it's just Marty with a guitar. He's just singing. He's just pretending to sing so badly. And they're just like, oh, he's just singing up here. <laughs> Another great line read from <laughs> from the roadie guy. Um, and uh, he's just like, oh, what seems to be the problem, officer? And the officer is just like, man, everyone around in the area has been telling me that you need to shut the fuck up. Everything is way too loud over here. And Marty's just like, oh, thank God, it's just a noise complaint. Bro, I will turn that shit down immediately, right now. I couldn't even hear it because of the because uh, the earplugs, doctor's orders. And then as as the cop's leaving, one of them shoots out and pops him in the in the back of the neck and lands on the drum case. So there's like a whole like tension scene about oh is the cop gonna figure out it's the drum case? No, of course not. It's just so that Sam Kinison can keep screaming for him to confess. He has the roadie get the drum case out of there, and he's shit. Everything's fine for him now. Like it's it's all good. He's got the body gone. The cop is gone. Like everything's fine. He can just take his money and go. But you know what? That wouldn't be very conscientious of him, would it? So Marty's had it. He's just going to do everything he can to get this voice out of his head. Uh, and so he's just, he literally, it's just a whole scene of him using everything that the ear doctor gave him. Like all the swabs and all the cream and the drops and shit. <laughs> and then it's just... <laughs> it's just Sam Kennison pretending like he's drowning when he puts in the drops and she's like <laughs> You know, like like it's actually fucking doing anything to a voice in his brain. 
and Marty's Marty's starting to lose it. He he goes for a pencil and he's just like, uh, uh like anything. I just need something. And <laughs> Sam Kinison's like, yeah, yeah, do it, bro. Drive that pencil straight into your brain so you can try and get at me, you idiot. But Marty's just like, no, no, you know what? You're right. I am being an idiot right now. I got a plane to catch. I got to get the fuck out of here. So he packs up all of his stuff and uh, he goes out of his office. He's like, all I have to do is walk down the stairs and go outside and everything will be fine. But he starts walking down and Kennison's just like, okay, well, you know what? Since you won't tell anybody, I'm just going to tell everybody. And as soon as he's out of the privacy of his office, Kinnison just starts screaming. He's like, I killed the banker. She's upstairs in the drum case. And um, everyone starts giving Marty like weird looks as Sam Kinnison is screaming this. And uh, he's just he's just slowly walking toward the exit, just trying to just trying to get out of there so that no one can hear anything over the crowd. And, uh, uh, Kinnison's just like, oh, oh, believe me, bro. They fucking hear me now. I killed her. <laughs> and, uh, every time, every time Kinnison starts screaming his confession and stuff, everyone's just looking at Marty like, oh shit. Like what? Oh my God. Uh, and he's starting to, he's starting to get all paranoid. He's starting to like see them noticing him. And, uh. Before he can make it out, the cop is still at the door. So Kenison's just like, oh, what, you're just going to walk past him so that I can tell him? And uh, Marty just kind of dips into the bathroom, scares everybody else in there because of because of Kinnison screaming that he's a murderer. And so everybody leaves, including <laughs> there's just like... <laughs> they just throw in a, a random like cross dresser at the urinal <laughs> like these two dudes run and then you just see like this dude in a dress just like hiking everything up just trying to get the fuck away from marty <laughs> um so uh yeah so he's just like Dude, this is this is impossible like i gotta get the fuck out of here and kinnison's just like uh well, I mean, they can fucking hear me, because otherwise, why are they so scared of you and running away, hmm? And Marty says, well, fucking, it doesn't matter, because the music is too loud for anybody to hear whatever voice is coming out of his head, and uh, and all he has to do is leave. But Kenson's just like, well, you, I, I can turn up the volume, too. Ah! Just starts screaming, just for, just for no reason. So, uh, Marty's, Marty's dying over here. He's losing his absolute mind. And, uh, his solution is to just go turn up the music even louder so that no one can hear Sam in his mind and he can just get out of there. So he, he's just pushing through the crowd. Everyone's looking at him while Sam's just screaming his confessions and stuff. And, uh, it was about here. It's about the crowd shot where I figured out that uh, I had been seeing the same side of this fool's face for like ever now. I he like they 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 were only shooting him from one side, and I was just like, oh uh, okay, I see what you guys are fucking doing, but we'll get to that in a second. 
uh, he he moves through the crowd and he finds his he finds his dude. He finds his uh, engineer, his sound guy, uh, who is Paul Rudd's best friend, and he tells him to turn the music back up. And he's just like, "You just told me to turn it down. I'm fucking turn it up now!" And he just does it himself and makes his way to the stage. So he's up on stage now, and uh, he's just got his whole ass face in the uh, in the speaker, just trying to drown out Sam Kinison's insane yelling from his head. And uh, now that the music's up, the, he turned it all up. The cop was still there. He hadn't even left yet. He was about to leave, and then he turns everything up, and the cop's just like, that little son of a... So he's just on stage now and he is bashing his head into the speakers because he's just he's lost it. it it's it's over. You know, he, he's just gone crazy from this from this voice in his head and he's just doing everything that he can. He's just just blasting his ears apart while bashing his face against this speaker. And uh, I I don't know if the cop turns off the music or if we're supposed to think that he damaged the sound system or something like that but he just puts his head straight through the speaker like a uh you know it's one of those ones with the mesh out in front and his head just goes straight through it and everything just stops and his conscience goes oh yeah i know everybody heard me that time so Marty freaks out. Why are you all looking at me? Like, why, why do you think everyone's looking at you? You just are just cracking your head on the, the speakers. But uh, then he just lays the whole thing out. He's like, I didn't mean to kill her. I didn't mean to kill my banker. She was trying to take half of the money. But but here's the, I still have the money. And he starts throwing money at people. And... Uh, the the cop is just in the crowd just watching me starts coming up and then he realizes the, the camera so the whole time like i said the camera was just on one side of his face and then it finally like pans to like the full front of his face and remember the the whole the whole ear medication just jamming shit in his ears the whole time he just had a big-ass cotton swab just stuck straight up in his brain, which is probably, which scrambled it probably enough to why he's a, such a dumbass. Like, I understand the adrenaline. Like, yeah, I get it, but my God. <laughs> but uh, he finally realizes, and then it's, it's just Sam Kennison just laughing at him. He's just like, oh, <laughs> looks like it was just... Uh... Looks like that's why everybody was looking at you, huh? Your guilty conscience. No one could even hear me. They were just looking at your disgusting swab wound over here. And that's why everyone was so terrified of you, you dumbass. All you had to do was shut up. But, I mean, obviously he would have had to go to the hospital. He, he still would have had to walk by that cop. But, you know, he's he's caught. He He said it. He already did it. So next thing you know, he's just sitting there in his jail cell, just listening to Sam Kinison just be hella irritating. Just he's just doing like a priest and a rabbi go into an alleyway or some shit joke. 
and you know just being irritating like look i get it you know you can only listen to sam kinnison scream for so long and this fool had to do it for two years while he waited to die so uh the guards come up and they're just like oh you ready to go bro and the other guy's like oh don't even don't don't bother he's deaf as a doornail so he throws a piece of gum at him to get his attention and then once he realizes they're there he's just like oh is it time? Can I die? Is it time? And then, yeah. It's, and then it's just right back to where we started. So the Crypt Keeper comes back over here, smashing skulls with the guitar. Like, yeah, I get it. Ha <laughs> Fucking Kathy Seagal got her brains knocked in with the guitar. But you know what? The Crypt Keeper is not, like, rock and roll enough. He's not badass enough to be over here smashing guitars. You need to stick to puns if you're gonna be over here dressing up like gypsies and Santa Clauses. <laughs> Shit throughout this show. Not really, not very rock and roll. So that's the end of the episode. Like another, like I said, just a straight up comedy. Like this was really just the episode for them to just get as wacky as possible, which, you know, makes sense because it's the Roger Rabbit guys. I like this episode. Would I say it was the strongest episode that I've seen so far in season two? No, but it is definitely really fun. And, you know, the Roger Rabbit guys killed it. Like, if if there's any horror thing that they would ever be behind, and I mean, this isn't even a horror one, you know? But Tales from the Crypt is versatile enough to, you know, just be able to throw in all these different kinds of shit, you know? And it's, they can make a joke out of pretty much anything, you know? We'll, we'll see. As the, <laughs> as the show continues, we'll see how far they go, you know? But... I I guarantee that there's there's just so much like the this show has such a strength to it being able to you know play with all that stuff as an anthology series even to the point where it doesn't even have to be horror you know like someone all all it has to be is somebody dies like that's it just <laughs> like I I wonder if there's going to be an episode where it's just like oh well I mean Someone just, like, tripped down the stairs, and, like, there's just, like, a whole mystery, and a bunch of people were at their throat, at each other's throats, but then it turned out that it was just, like, some random, like, dumb shit ac accident. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's a prediction a little further down the line. But right now, it's time to look into the past, look at this, and check out the Source comic, it's time for comic versus show. Today's episode comes out of Shock Suspense Stories 15. Once again, we got another Shock Suspense story. Uh, honestly, I gotta, I gotta start counting the, uh, I gotta start counting the stories that we get out because we're we're almost halfway through this season. So I gotta start planning for the uh, the award show. But since this is Shock Suspense Stories. That means that nobody is hosting it. There's no Vault Keeper, no Old Witch, no nothing. So it's just uh, it's just kind of a story. The comic is very different from this episode in terms of like setting and like the scenario, but you know it's generally the the same premise. 
and uh, they I'm sure that they brought in Sam Kennison because of his reputation for just like for just killing hecklers and just being a general asshole. Uh, so that's why they brought him in to do the narration and the conscious voice because in this comic, it's very, you know, it, it's very persistent, you know? It's it's always just like, oh, yeah, you fucked up, man. Like, hey, what are you going to do now, huh? Oh, ooh, what's, what's that coming around the corner? Oh, shit, can they hear me? I'm sure they can. Everyone can hear you, you know, and it's it's relentless. So they needed somebody to kind of match that energy. But in the comic, like, it starts off sounding like it's encouraging him. It's like, oh, yeah, do it, Marty. Like, yeah, kill her. Like, but, uh, but then, you know, it just kind of flips on him and starts being like, oh, man, everyone can, everyone knows that you did it. So that's really the first major change. Um, he's not a, uh, He's not a, you know, rock and roll promoter. His he's still Marty. His name is Marty Boardman, and he's uh, he's a wanted embezzler, and he's he's on the run right now. So he's pretty much the main guy in this is pretty much what Marty was gonna be if he got away with that million dollars. So I guess they just <laughs> I guess they just took that back like a couple of steps in order to make you know uh, an episode for TV. He's been cooped up for a little bit, so he goes out to this bar, and he meets a lady named Millie Kilbasa. <laughs> no, her name is Millie Belson, and uh, she's, you know, she's supposed to be Katie Seagal, and uh, they they kind of hang out, you know, they're flirting a little bit, but he gets cocky, you know, he's over here flashing his cash, and then all of a sudden she's just, wait a minute, I know this fool's face. Oh, hey, you you want to come home with me, Marty? And uh, he had gave her a fake name, so but he, he doesn't care. He's just like, oh, yeah, let's go. And then they're in an alleyway, and she's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, what's up, Marty? What's going on, bro? I know your fucking face, and I want half of your money. So he just out and chokes her out right there in the alley. He's not having it. Instead of smashing her head in with a guitar, <laughs> they like they really just needed a rock and roll angle for everything. I like I wonder why that episode became this. Like they were just like, oh yeah, let's just get Iggy Pop to come hang out and all this other shit. But who knows? Who knows? I I can't find any interviews online. They they were very secretive about their time. At Tales of the Crypt, apparently. Or maybe I'm just not digging hard enough. If anybody knows any, like, interviews with with people about their time during Tales from the Crypt, please, please send it to me. You know, so he's not in a club or anything. So he's just running down the street just encountering people. And they're all the people who are just looking at him just like, oh, shit, oh, God. And he still, <laughs> he still ends up running into a cop. And he still ends up doing a small musical number. And the whole time, the voice in his head is just talking a bunch of shit. So the pretty much the next thing that happens, you know, it's, it's all the same thing. And then the next thing that happens is he runs into a boiler factory. Uh, it says, oh, boiler factory, now hiring. He's like, oh, I'll just 
go in there and apply so I can just drown you out and think for a minute. And he goes in there and I, and I don't know what a boiler factory is. It's loud in there, I would assume, because it's machinery. But it just sounds like some 50s job from back in the steampunk days. I don't know. But uh, the everything's just super loud and he's just over here losing his mind and then everything goes quiet you know everything goes quiet and everybody's looking at him and he's just like all right fine fine i'll confess i killed her she's in the alley blah 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 and so you know he he does his whole thing and instead of him having a cotton swab in his ear the difference is that he just has a giant claw mark across his face that millie gave him while she was fighting back and uh, the, throughout the whole comic, instead of just having only like half of his face, like most of the time you can see kind of his his the front of his face, but a lot of it's in shadow, so you just don't know. So yeah, they, they just they just called the cops on him, and he went to jail because of his conscience, and all he had to do was shut his damn mouth. So those are all the differences between the episode and the comic. I got one more thing to leave you with, and that's Shriek of the Week. Alright, this week's Shriek of the Week isn't necessarily gonna make you shriek, but it might make you howl with laughter. Hey, you know what? I can even do this Crypt Keeper shit. <laughs> it's another podcast that I really love and is kind of in the same vein as this And I know, look, I know that I'm pretty much kneecapping myself by uh, shouting out other podcasts. But you know what? Some some of your commutes are very long. Uh, But it's called In Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust. And also the other season, uh, In Myers We Trust with Geyers and Rust. And it is... uh, And it's a podcast where uh, these comedians... They watch every Halloween and Friday the 13th movie and they just kind of break it down and discuss it and talk about it. And and they're, you know, they're comedians, so they know all sorts of people who have worked on all that shit. So they they just they just have a good time and they just watch the movies and talk a bunch of shit. And it's really fun. So, you know what? I I recommend it to everybody because that's the kind of shit that I listen to. <laughs> All right, everyone. So that's uh that's it for me. Oh, and you can find that on uh, you can find that on Stitcher. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Geyer's. I think I think the Halloween one is Stitcher Premium. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, go check it out. And if you don't have Stitcher Premium, then shit. Look, I, I'm not paid by Stitcher to fucking to boost their shit. I don't have a fucking offer code to get you your first month free. So, you know what? Do what you want. But it is a good podcast. All right, everybody. That's it for me. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a good time. This podcast is going to get more consistent. I, I promise you that. I've been having a, a, a lot of, like changes in my work schedule and all this other stuff but soon we're gonna get back on track with this and hopefully the podcast is just gonna get even better 
more fun. I'm going to be able to do more stuff with it. So, you know, just stay tuned. Keep having fun with me and uh, keep being appreciated by me because everything that you do, it's it's great. It's great. You're great. I love you. Don't tell don't tell the other listeners I said that. It's just for you. All right, folks, take it easy. You can find me on the internets at CJ Damoka, C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A, and you can find me on Twitch playing all sorts of nonsense. Later, everybody, and stay spooky. Spooky.